Hello, everybody. This is Tony Waller, and you're listening to episode 379 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I've taken some time over the past 24 hours to decide if I wanted to record this, but decided that I think I needed it for me. I'm I'm going to spend some time today to talk about Senator Lutarski and the Get the Picture podcast. Um, I assume all of you know by now uh, that Senator Lutarski passed away uh, the past couple of days. Uh, his family posted a note on the Get the Picture podcast, and I was uh, it was hard, right? And I think it was it was hard for all of us. Uh, such an important voice of what we we out here do. And I don't, you know, I don't take this as an overstatement in any sort of way. I don't mean it as an overstatement in any sort of way. It's just he probably was the the biggest figure, uh, at least for a lot of us. Um, yeah, he started to get the picture in 2006. And six then, since then, it's racked up over 73 million hits. And he didn't really care about all of that. Uh, he was actually flabbergasted that so many of us cared enough to keep coming back. Um, I had the opportunity to, to know him a little bit professionally. Obviously, I knew him through the podcast, interviewed him a couple of years ago, um, and had chatted with him off and on. Uh, but he started back even in the presence of the old online forums, online Athens online forums, and then decided to put his thoughts on paper after uh, the 2006 Georgia Georgia Tech game. Um, and that was, of course, one of the, one of the four Reggie Ball games. And I think the reason he resonates so much for a lot of us is he was the voice of the rational Georgia fan. Um, he was not afraid to call things out when things weren't going well, but he was also willing to shut down the rationality of some fans and openly call out the bad behavior when it was warranted. And in times, some of my favorite my favorite posts of his were when he was on the screed about fan behavior or the irrationality or just even as the run the damn ball bobo stuff. Um, he was also not afraid to call out national writers, uh, some of which ended up he interacting with an awful lot. And, um, you know, he, um, he, he was extraordinarily smart in the way he wrote and thought about Georgia football. Um, was not surprising that he caught the attention of those people because this was not, he, he, you know, he had a he had a social media presence, but this was not somebody with a social media handle just like basically spitting hate at someone. If he posted something, it was out there to be seen. Um, but I would say the most important thing is that he built a community. Uh, this was a community that cared enough to take a football helmet to Montana and shout out to Travis Fain for the idea and to Hoppy for the execution so that we could prove Stuart Mandel wrong. And, of course, Stuart Mandel has since made that right and made us a king of the sport. Uh, but that's when I knew just how strong that community was and how fun it was to be a, to be a part of it. Um, it had its own lexicon and one that became code words where many, many Georgia fans communicated with each other. For example, the Georgia way or getting their best shot have now, now fairly common uh, among the spader, greater sports media world. Uh, the Georgia's going to get their best shot, for example had his own gift guide, which I think was a way for Blutarski to help other dog fans out with tailgating equipment. Had also had the Mummy Poll. Uh, it was named for Hal Mummy because in the final coaches poll of the 2007 series, a season, 
how Mummy ranked Hawaii number one in the final coaches poll. Uh, that was before Marcus Howard became the unofficial fourth member of the Hawaii backfield in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, I chatted with Peyton Edwards today, who assists with the technical aspects of the Mummy poll. He told me that over time, eight, over 800 people had participated in at least one poll with over 300 casting votes this year. That's a community. Um, on the website, I'm partial to his odds and ends, where he posted the schedule, his favorite Louis Grizzard piece, uh, some Munson clips, and his favorite UGA commercial, the REM Oh My Heart PSA from circa 2012. I think it's the best one, and uh, I am partial because I'm in that commercial, but uh, it's still one that I think is just amazing and emotive and done very well. And I know in talking to him that that it was one that he he loved. Um, the past 24 hours, I've, I've traded uh, text with folks about him and his writing. I think the one thing all of us agree on is he was a rational voice of our consciousness about Georgia football and about Georgia's athletics. He was insightful. He was thoughtful. He was rational. Uh, most importantly, he just cared so deeply about Georgia football, not just the winning and losing. He cared about the long-term prospect of what Georgia football meant to him, and that was his tribe. We were his tribe. And it reflected who we are. And he, I, I posted last on Twitter, you know, his voice was always felt like his voice was the one of the better angels in my head when I got frustrated about Georgia football. Um, you know, I, I think it's also fair to, to, to mention that he just, he always cared deeply about fostering that community, was quick to shut down on nine football sniping on the pie, on the blog. I think it, it pained him a great deal that at times he had to shut down commenting, for example, because people couldn't, you know, be damn have. Um, but, you know, he did it because he felt like it was the right thing to do, and he wanted that community, his people, that community, to be one he was proud of, and he felt like he couldn't do that if he was allowing nonsense to take place. Uh, also, if you didn't know, he was a UVA fan, and his two biggest fandoms were UVA men's hoops. And Georgia football, it gives me some measure of joy knowing that he got to experience both at the very top of the respective sports these past few years. Um, when I was writing uh, when I was writing a blog, I always looked at him uh, and how he thought about athletics in my blogging days. And frankly, on the podcast, um, so many folks reached out to me and, uh, um, and said nearly the same thing. It just really framed how they thought about Georgia athletics in always had a calming influence on people. Um, and that so many folks I enjoy and a few I don't respect his works tell me that he was on the right path there. This one hurts, y'all. I'm not going to deny having to take a minute uh, uh, alone Friday evening when I started getting the text and the posting went up and get the picture. I, I mean, I love the blog work that some, some other UGA bloggers are still doing, but... Get the picture was such a familiar place. It never changed the look. It never changed the font. It never changed the format or tone over the past 17 plus years. He was a constant. He was a constant for my morning. He was a constant for a lot of our mornings. Um, and his voice and the way he approached sports was one that I aspire to and will continue to do so. Michael Brockstein nailed it, y'all. He nailed it. And I'm going to miss the hell out of him. To finish, I'd like to read something from that first post, posted on November 29th, 2006 at 4 p.m. It's entitled, Tap, Tap, Is This Thing On? Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. 
What follows is my maiden voyage into the blogosphere, inspired by last Saturday's epic Georgia-Georgia Tech game. I've gone to almost every one of them in the last 25 years. The last one I didn't make was the 1999 Sanks non-fumble game. Despite the lesser stakes that came as a result of Georgia losing to Vandy and Kentucky in the same year, I have to say that outside of the 97 game, that was perhaps the most satisfying one I've attended. So why would you call a game that really would decide anything more than whether the dogs would have a shot at going to the Chick-fil-A Bowl bring me such pleasure? Because it hurt. Painfully. So much. There are a few things worse than deluding yourself into having hope and then watching as reality yanks all hope out from interview. Going into the game, the Jackets had everything going their way. Tech had the All-American, the top 20 ranking by the pollsters, more wins, the pending conference championship game, or as Jim Donnan refers to it, the world's smallest outdoor cocktail party. The track record that a ranked Tech team had never lost to an unranked Georgia team. And of course, the fourth-year senior starting at quarterback. And so it turned out that was the only thing that really mattered. Reggie Ball. Reggie Ball. Another game with Georgia, another way to lose. If the annals of this series are ever updated in the clean old-fashioned hate, Reggie will surely have a chapter of his own. Requisite and Pache, Senator. The world's a little darker place, and the UJ world's a lot darker place without you. Thank you all for listening. Scott Will and I will be back in a little bit with another podcast. Go dogs.